Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, Luke, we expected this to be a get-right game for the Bucks, and it certainly was. Man, you get Tom Brady, he comes back the next week and just torches you, man. I mean, that was it was a sweet finish for the Bucks. It wasn't great all the way through. It was a close game for a while. I think this game was a little bit closer than 46-23 at the end, but the Bucks scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, put the game away. I know there's some drama going on that we'll get to, but first of all, a nice get-right kind of win for the Bucks. And, you know, there's some drama going on with the Saints. Drew Brees is injured. They get themselves right back in the mix with this W, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I think if you were Carolina and you saw what happened to the Bucks last week, you had to be pretty pissed off, right? You're like, oh, come on. Right, right. Right before they play us, come on. Like, we don't want to deal with that, but that's, I mean, that's what you that's what you get with Tom Brady, right? I mean, and, and he's brought that to the Bucks as a whole. They've yet to have a losing streak this year. Every single time they've lost a game, they've bounced back with a win. Every single time they've won, or they've lost a game, they've won the next three so far this season. So, not sure it's going to go that way this time. They've got, obviously, a big Monday night date with the Rams coming up, and they got the Chiefs. So it's going to be a hard road to, to keep that streak going. But man, talk about overcoming. I mean, early on, like you said, it wasn't always great. You know, the defense did not look great in the first quarter, similar to, to how they looked early on against Green Bay. But we also talked last week about how the Bucks didn't make adjustments in the Saints game like they did against Green Bay. And then they kind of got back to that uh, after that first quarter against Carolina. They made adjustments on both sides of the ball. It was 17 to 10 Panthers with a minute left in the in the half. It's you hard know? to believe. And, and yeah, that, it's hard to believe. That big touchdown by Mike Evans, which again, just what a ridiculous catch and a great throw by Brady to trust him to be able to make that catch. It ties the game before the half. And then, you know, the Bucks got a break there at the end of the half too with DJ Moore almost made a great catch, would have set up a field goal there. But they were tied there and then – it did feel like it wasn't a 46 to 23 game, but on the other side of that coin, the Bucks scored on nine consecutive possessions and they still scored 46 points, even though I think half of those possessions were field goals. <laughs> right. There was too many so, field goals. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's they, pretty sweet. they kicked four field goals and still, you know, they had to settle for field goals four times and still scored 46 points. They could have easily hung 50 on the Panthers. And that second half was dominant in every phase of the game. One guy that was part of that second half for sure was Antonio Brown, right? He was in there. He caught some big third downs. He seemed to be in a better flow with the offense than he was that previous week. However, Luke, we can't really talk about Antonio Brown on the field until we talk about him off the field, right? So I don't want to sit here and take a victory lap to say because a couple of weeks ago we said, just wait, Bucks fans. Something's going to come out. Just wait. It's, it's not going to take long. Give it a couple of weeks. It's going to come out. And it did. And I'm not here to take a victory lap, but we were right. Apparently... Weeks before he signs his deal with Tampa Bay, Brown destroys a security camera in his gated community, and he's thrown, he threw like a bicycle or something. He had a meltdown, right? And he, and he broke a security camera, and this apparently happened before the Bucks signed him. So just what's your reaction to this news that kind of came out right on the heels of a nice Bucks win, right? Right as you're trying to enjoy it as a Bucks fan, you get reminded that oh, we signed Antonio Brown, we got to deal with this freaking a-hole, right? So like, what, what was your reaction to the news? I mean, just what you said, not, there's no sort of surprise. 
at all, right? Nope. You're just <laughs> waiting. You're kind of like, well, I guess, you know, you were, it, it was, it was not wondering when, just what, yes. like, yes. what is it going to be? 100%. And so I guess the fact that it's only a busted camera is, you know, comparing to a lot of the other things that he's dealing with off the field, even still, I guess that could be a lot worse. I agree um, with you. I actually do agree with you on that. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's hard not to see a pattern, man. It's, it's hard not to, you know, we, you talked about this, you know, right after the signing when we, when we did this show, you, you talk about how he's great at the press conferences, you know, and, and he can say a lot of the certain, you know, things that, that sound good, but what is the behavior? What are the actions? And he said it himself. You know, he wants to convince people with his actions that he's a, not a better person necessarily, he said, but a different person or, or the other way around. You know, he's, he's working on bettering himself when in reality, we didn't even know that he is still dealing with some of this stuff. And again, it was, you know, the police were called, the police had enough to charge him. Uh, the HOA, I guess the head of the HOA said at the time that they were, you know, didn't want to press charges because they were afraid of retaliation against their employees. So now the same person, you know, when the, I think it was a Miami Herald story and they reached out to that HOA head again and seemed to be a very different, you walked, know, walked it back, Luke walked it back. Yeah, a bit. You know, it's like, Hey, it's all fine. It's water under the bridge. We figured it out. You know, it's, it's all good. And obviously not wanting to, you know, obviously if you're that person, you're not trying to make this big deal. You want everything to just kind of please leave us alone. I, I understand that, but I mean, come on, man, you're, you're, you're angry at what a security guard for not letting your friends in to the neighborhood or so I, you know, I'm still trying to foggy on the details of it, but it just shows again, uh, when, when this guy is not happy about something, he doesn't, seem to have a great self-control switch and and that's the kind of thing that you just worry about no matter what you say and what your good intentions are it matters what you do uh and again this is you know the bucks have already put out a statement saying that you know basically nothing basically saying hey this happened before we signed him uh he's done everything we asked him since then and that's all that really matters is, is kind of the gist i got from that it was like two sentences i think the bucks put out uh monday night but you know it's again what what it is nothing unexpected. The only thing you wonder is now the NFL, who, again, evidently was not aware of this incident when in terms of reinstating him after that eight-game suspension a couple weeks ago. That's going to be interesting. There are some national talking heads that have already talked about wondering how that impacts his probation from previous run-ins with the law. So, you know, there's there's a lot of layers and levels to this. Um, obviously, you look at him on the field, and he's kind of replaced Scotty Miller in that wide receiver three role and brings a different element to the offense than, than Scotty does. He's been more of a possession guy than a big play guy for the Bucks so far. Antonio has. So uh, he's filling that role, just filling it a different way. I, I think that if you're the Bucks, again, it's just one of those things that if the NFL comes out and deems, you know what, we're not doing this again and figures out a way to level more punishment on him to where he can't play, I don't think it's really going to make a huge difference to the Bucks on the field because I think Scotty Miller is a very capable third receiver who can actually, you know, probably take the top off the defense a little bit better than AB can at this point in his career and after being off, you know, out of the game for so long. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's like you said, at the end of the day, it was just frustrating. You come off a big win, everything's moving forward, and then it's like, man, we got to deal with the same old you-know-what again. Oh, it's a gut punch. It's a gut punch. Let's pick this up on the other side. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. 
Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 11 of the NFL season. Quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. Winston replaces Drew Brees, who's injured and is going to miss at least several weeks. The former Tampa Bay quarterback has plenty of weapons, the familiarity with this week's opponent, and it doesn't hurt that Atlanta has given up the second most passing yards and the most touchdowns to quarterbacks in 2020. You'll see some Taysom Hill worked in as usual, but Winston is a strong play and has a lot on the line. Running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is moving into that must-start territory. He was officially designated the starter prior to last week's game, and Swift averaged 5.1 yards per carry on his 16 totes, adding another 68 yards and a score on five receptions. Up next is the Carolina defense, one that was slashed last week by Ronald Jones, and he was the sixth back to get at least 25 PPR points in 10 games this year. No team has allowed more catches to the position in 2020. Another guy coming off a strong performance in Week 10... Willie Sneed of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Averaging six targets in his last three games, Sneed's increase in action has finally paid off with a pair of scores against the Patriots Sunday night. He has Lamar Jackson's trust in all settings and is their go-to clutch receiver. Tennessee has given up huge receiving results in the last five weeks and mostly throughout 2020. This is by far the best matchup for receptions, 25 more than second place, and it's number two for yardage gains. Seven touchdowns have been scored by wide receivers in the last five games. Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He has at least four targets in every game this year and 12 in the last two weeks. Even with a two-game scoreless streak, Thomas has scored 10-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. Prior to holding Eric Ebron to a 38-yard game in Week 10, a contest in which Pittsburgh's receivers destroyed Cincinnati all over the field, the Bengals had given up six touchdowns to tight ends in the previous four contests. Thomas makes for a sneaky play if you're desperate for a tight end. For more fantasy football tips, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. So we talked about it in our previous segment, Luke. This is what you get with this guy. Big win, bounce back win, division opponent. And now we're focusing on Brown. And I, I think the question is, and you were just alluding to it, can Brady like keep this guy locked in the closet? In, you know, in the, uh, in the, I'm sure it's a spacious closet. Like they live in the Jeter mansion. I'm sure it's a nice walk-in thing. But can they just keep him locked up? No phone. Like, just keep him out of the public eye for the rest of the season so the Bucks can get through. Like, is, is that where we're at? Like long enough to finish the season? The Bucks could just cut him. They, they could have just said, you know what? We're not dealing with this crap. Get out of here. We're, we're in the race for the number one seed in the NFC, and you and they really are. I mean, we, we might be the best team in the NFC. We might be one of the Super Bowl favorites, and we're not going to deal with this crap. We don't need this. So the Bucks could easily just cut them. What was your thoughts, Luke, on them kind of being like, nah, nothing to see here. You mentioned what their statement, right? And I, I did. I copy-pasted it into my notes. I'm like, I, I got to get Luke's take on this because they're just like, yeah, you know, we know this happened like a couple weeks before we signed him, but it was before we signed him. So what what, what do you want? Like, we don't, we don't care. Like that, that part of it is is amusing to me, you know, the most. And I think the word you were looking for that I that I've been saying is maturity, right? Bruce Arians told us, oh, we signed AB. We, we're giving him a second chance because he's really matured. He's matured over these past 15 months. And I was like, Bruce, get out of here. You don't lie to us. It was two weeks, right? Yeah, it was yeah. two <laughs> weeks before uh, they signed him. So, so that must have been one hell of a trip to somewhere for those two weeks <laughs> exactly yeah he's really matured in those two weeks since uh since this incident no so it, it is comical it is a little bit comical and and i am glad that he only smashed a security camera and didn't do something worse to a human being 
uh, especially a female human being or something. You know what I mean? Whatever. But the, the Bucks could just cut this guy and they put Scotty Miller back out there and be well on their way to possibly the number one seed in the NFC. So why are they just kind of brushing this off and being like, yeah, we're good with it? You know what I mean? Like, why do you think that still is? Is that does that signal the power that Brady really has that we've kind of hit on in past episodes? Like, is it the Brady thing? I mean, I think that's probably part of it. I think, you know, part of it is also the fact that Bruce Arians is evidently so willing to do whatever it takes to to make the most of this window with Brady and win a Super Bowl that he's willing to basically sacrifice his own pride, which back in March, back earlier in the offseason, he was asked over and over about AB coming to Tampa Bay, and he was very clear. It's not going to happen. He's not a fit. He's too much of a diva. I like the receivers we have because they're unselfish. I mean, he was he couldn't have been any more clear that this is not a guy he wanted on his team, in his locker room at all. All of a sudden, everything changes. And once you go down that road, once you make that move, that's, I mean... That's what you've done, right? You've you've made it clear we are going to prioritize winning a Super Bowl, winning a championship, and maximizing this window we have with this team. And we are not going to allow a smash security camera or any of the fallout, really. You know, especially it's just it gives them a perfect out, right? Oh, it was beforehand. You know, we you know we dealt with it with them, whatever. You know, I don't even know if they acknowledged that they knew about it beforehand. Um, that was a very short statement, but the fact that they're basically hinging on, well, since we signed him he's done everything we've asked that's not really the point that's not like i feel like that's not the question guys the question is is he a healthy presence for this team in many many ways many ways and i don't know how the answer to that can be yes which means that he's just got to be so much of an advantage in their opinion i don't necessarily see it uh at the wide receiver position uh and again this is a team that's getting healthier i get it when the injuries were, you know, mounting and, and you're trying to, you know, replace certain guys, that makes sense to a certain extent. But, you know, I, I know Chris Goblin's playing hurt, but obviously played very well on Sunday. Look good. Mike Evans is the healthiest he's been. Scotty Miller's back almost to full strength at this time. You know, I, I guess they're just trying to hang on for that playoff push, man. They're trying to they're trying to keep him in the room long enough to to be playing in 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 January. And after that, I think they don't care. It's like a lot of things that you know, we've talked hockey so much this this season too about the Lightning. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in such trouble salary cap wise because of all the moves they made to make sure they won a cup and they did it. And now they've got to deal with all of the you know the the back end of that. Um, and I think for the Bucks, it's the same thing. They're looking at it as you know what as long as we get that championship it's not going to matter what else happened to a certain extent and you know and it won't it's just yeah. it's a double-edged sword man it's yeah. a double-edged sword and, and it won't matter if they win the super bowl no one's going to be like well you had antonio brown tisk 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 right like they're not it's just not going to be a thing you're right uh but if they don't if they lose in the nfc championship game or something we can say oh antonio brown you brought him in there and it screwed things up but i am interested like so what if ab did this like the week after you signed him would your would your statement be different you know what i mean like would you i think it would have change to be your tone? i think it would have to be different right you you would at least have to admit that you don't have another excuse right you yeah. you can you can do that when it happened beforehand and say hey while he's been our responsibility basically it's you know he's been fine but i think if it were if it had happened after that they would have been forced to to make a move i think as much for public opinion maybe as much as anything and again because like we said scotty miller they've got other guys they yeah. don't have to have him he is not going to be the reason they win the super bowl in my opinion and, and he can be the reason they don't in certain ways right when when you know with his track record as, as a locker room guy as teammate uh, and off the field in other ways so for me from the very beginning i i wouldn't have made the move from a risk reward standpoint i get why they still did 
because that's just the way the league works. But again, you're just going to have to wait and see. And, and I said this from the beginning, man. You, you asked my, my opinion on it at the beginning. My opinion was they better be right. So far, I mean, it's the jury's still out, right? I mean, it's they've had one bad game. They've had one good game. He's caught a few passes. But in the process, it doesn't really look like he's a different guy. Yeah, we're still undecided there, Luke. We're going to we're gonna have to poll the audience on that one later on, I think. We're not there yet. We can't make that call. We can't make that judgment yet. I don't want to harp on the A-B thing too much, but one narrative that I am really interested in, and I think the national media has opinions on this. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if you have a sense of this, but it's like the the Arians-Brady relationship, right? The national media really feels like there might these two might not be like, you know, in lockstep with each other. Like maybe they are a little bit like at odds, you know, because if you're Bruce Arians and you're the leader of that organization and you're, you're the power, when you bring in Tom Brady, that power shifts. It just does. And Tom Brady's just a larger-than-life personality, player, talent, that whole thing, brand, right? And you bring him in and you can't help but wonder what kind of influence he really does have, no matter what Bruce is saying to us and lying to us at the podium about, right? You just don't know like is Arians really happy about AB being here is it a Brady thing like that thing is just so interesting to me like the relationship between Bruce and Brady are they really tight are they not so tight is it going well is it not going well like you know that thing is really really interesting I don't know if we'll ever 100% learn that answer until somebody writes a book someday about it but what do you what's your sense of that the relationship between Bruce and Brady if I had to guess my feeling on it is just honestly too very, you know, highly competitive guys who know they need one another to get what they want. And both of those guys want a Super Bowl. They want another championship. And they understand that the best way to get it is to is to have the other one in their on their team. Uh, so, you know, that's not going to be without its its issues and concerns. I think that from the very beginning, one of the things, one of the reasons people thought it was going to be an unlikely marriage even before it happened was the fact that, you know, you have no risk it, no biscuit, vertical offense, throw the ball deep down the field, Bruce Arians, and you have Tom Brady, the king of the check down in a good way. You know, he'll take his shots when they're there, but he is perfectly comfortable getting rid of the ball quickly, using the shorter and more intermediate routes, which are things that just don't exist as much in, in Arians' offense. So the question was always, how is Brady's style and what he does well going to mesh with the way Bruce likes to design a playbook and call games? And then that extends to, to Byron Leftwich, obviously his, his OC who actually calls the plays. But that was one concern. And I think the, the rest of it, like you said, is, is any sort of power struggle. And that includes, you know, Jason Light, the general manager. You bring him into it. How much personnel power, whether they say so or not, does a guy like Brady have? Because that's a double-edged sword as well. You've got a guy like Tom that can come in and say, I want this player. I want AB because this, you know, X, Y, and Z, and we got to do whatever we can to make it happen. And you've also got guys like Leonard Fournette who hit the market and they're like, I want to go there because Tom is there and they're going to win games. You know, so you take the good with the bad, right? You take the fact that that becomes a destination for players that hit the market because Tom Brady is there. And you also take it because Tom Brady is going to come into your office and say, Hey, I want this guy to make it happen. So, you know, it's give and take. It's like, it's a lot of things in life, man. You, you had to, you got to give something to get something. I don't know that I would say they're the best of friends and incomplete lockstep, but I know, I think they recognize that they have to do the best they can to meet in the middle and, and compromise as best they can and understand that at the end of the day, like we said earlier with the AB thing, if they get that trophy, man, nothing else matters that it's all going to be water under the bridge and it will all be worth it all the if there's any friction whatsoever if there's any roller coaster in terms of being on the same page and, and figuring things out none of it's going to matter if they get what they want no they'll be up on that stage smooching each other and like best yeah, friend that's be, what that's what it'll all be they'll be 100%. like this is what we wanted and this is why we fought each other all season to get what we wanted uh and and that'll be all be worth it 
Okay, so a very interesting spot for the Bucks here, coming home to take on the Rams on a on a Monday night. Another night game for the Bucks. This hasn't gone so well like in it. the past. I don't like it, man. No one I likes don't it. Like it no one all. in Tampa likes it. Let's talk about that coming up. There. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 11 Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come in favored by three and a half points on home field. They beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23 last week. The Rams, they're three and a half point underdogs after their 23-16 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Give me the better coach and the better defense with the Los Angeles Rams. People took Sean McVay for granted and weren't high on the Rams before the season started, but he's got them tied for first place in the NFC West, and I still think the Rams are undervalued. And who's even got the best defense in this game? Rams give up the second fewest points per game and the fewest yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half. It's very evenly matched. You're dead on there. The Buccaneers, they have more offensive weapons for the Rams to cover. They keep them busy. They win by four points. All odds courtesy of BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSlip and Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Hey, Coach. Um, in going back and watching some of the prime time games that you guys played this year, what were some of your observations or, or reasons that you think maybe why you guys didn't play your best football? Uh, that's one of the reasons we're trying to because the week of practices was great. I think it's um, mm-hmm. what we're trying to do now is to practice at night, and uh, mm-hmm. so that we know when to rev it up. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do some more, like I said, Monday morning stuff to hopefully get ready before the ball game, and uh, just focus on getting to a better start. We haven't started well in any of those ball games. So, Luke, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to come out of the presser from Bruce Arians. We're going to practice at night. We're going to practice at night. Let's see if we can figure out how to play at night. So what, what's your take on that thing? I mean, my take is that they're just trying to figure out what in the world it's going to take to not come out <laughs> trying everything. And, and stink the place up on prime time. <laughs> right? When the schedule came out, the Bucks had five primetime games, the most they've had in a long, long time, tied for the most in the whole league. And, again, we talk about the power of Tom Brady. Um, but they've had three of them so far, man, and they've been bad. They've been real bad. Even the ones they, they even the one they won against uh, the Giants was an ugly one, very, uh, and probably should have lost that one as much as they should have won the Bears game. So, I mean, they've got to figure it out. I, I, I know that there's some. Cameron Brate actually had the best quote about it. That was that same day after we talked to Bruce. Cameron Brate said, "Listen, all that stuff about you know sitting in the hotel room all day and having a much longer day and and trying to stay hyped up and then go." He's like. Both teams have to do that. Yeah. So I don't like he was very clear. He said, I don't see any of that as an excuse because we're not it's not like we're the only players having to deal with that and the other team gets, you know, everything normal. Everybody has to deal with it. You have to go out and execute it. So uh, I think that's what it is. They uh, Bruce did say though that the teams that, that play better are the teams that are used to doing it. The teams that are on primetime year in and year out, at least a handful of times. And the Bucks haven't been one of those teams for a long time. I'm talking Almost 
Brady's entire career, basically. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. The last time they won a playoff game was that Super Bowl win, 2002-2003. So they haven't been, you know, important enough in the national picture to have more than one primetime game a year most years since then, if not all of them. So, you know, Bruce was definitely on point with that in that it's the whole, you know, act like you've been there. You haven't been there. You can't act like you have no idea what to do because you yeah. haven't been in those games. So, Only the quarterback, um, right? Only the quarterback's right. been there. You got to, you know, you've had a handful of guys that know it, but as a team, it just is a different vibe. It's a different atmosphere. And especially, it's kind of weird because most places have no fans or few fans. So you have you feel kind of the added pressure in that playoff atmosphere of, of knowing it all eyes are on you in terms of the TV aspect of it. But there's also nobody in the building and no energy and no... So it's got to be weird for everybody, not just the Bucks. But again, Absolutely. when you're a team that hasn't been on that stage, that's that's what it is, man. You just don't know how to be like that because you haven't been there. So this is an interesting matchup, too, just on the field. Uh, never mind the fact that the Bucks can't play at night. Uh, you know, the Rams are 6-3, and three, but they really hadn't beaten anybody, Luke, until they beat the Seahawks this past weekend. I think they beat, I think all their wins were against like the NFC East and the Bears or something like that, whatever it was. So uh, it's definitely a winnable game at home for the Bucks. They're favored by three and a half at home. I think the public will probably go heavy on the money line on the Rams side because why the hell not? The Bucks can't play under the lights, but it feels like a game. If they're ever going to figure it out in prime time, this is, this is a good one. You should have no problem getting up for the Rams. They're 6-3. and three, And also, they're not that good. They're just not. They're, they're not a great team. They're a good team, not a great team in my opinion. I'm not a big Jared Goff guy. I think the only thing that really kind of scares me about this one is Aaron Donald. And that thing right. where, you know, if you can get pressure on Brady without blitzing, then you got something going against him, especially if guys are running longer routes. Take away Tom Brady's checkdowns and you're getting pressure all day with your front four. Okay, now now you got a, you got a chance there on defense. And the Rams did just shut down the Seahawks. So maybe there's something going there on the defensive side of the football for the Rams. But overall, you're favored, you're home. Like, this is one the Bucks should go out and win. And now, especially with the Saints doing that whole thing with, like, they're figuring out who they're going to play between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, right? I mean, you got a chance yeah, now blood, to get back blood in Blood in the division. water there, there, man. Blood absolutely. in the water. There's a chance. There's a better chance now than, than there was, I think, going into this past week. Bucks have a chance. They have a chance to get back on top of that division. I don't know if you want to. I think the number five seed's fine. That's a fine spot to be. Right? Yeah, you, but, you play a worse team. You yeah, play a worse team yeah. if, you, if you get the five seed. You, you do. Just do it on so, the road. So that's, that's a story for another day. But it's a long way of saying, Luke, like, they should freaking win this game. I mean, this is this is the one. This is the one. I don't think anybody really expects them to beat the Chiefs uh, the week after. But man, this is one you got to have, right? You got to prove you can play in prime time. You got to prove you can play well at home uh, under the bright lights. And and again, this is going to come down to the trenches on both sides of the ball because you have. I'm really excited to watch Sean McVay versus Todd Bowles. Two fantastic minds on each side of the ball, scheming and trying to beat each other with the chess match, right? Both offense, you know, the Rams offense has had their struggles at times this season. They've also looked incredible at other times with the way they've moved guys around. I, I love their skill, the way they put guys in position to do things well. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, those wide receivers are perfect fits for what they do. But, you know, the Bucks are going to have to do what they do well. They're going to have to they're going to have to stop playing 10 yards off of guys on third and four. This is Lovey Smith, Mike Smith stuff. You're going to have to use you have three corners who are big long and strong corners and you excel at blitzing the quarterback you they have got to get up in those smaller wide receivers faces be physical knock them off the ball and get after jared goff because if you do that that offense has no time to operate and do what they do well on the offensive side of the ball like you said it all stops and starts with aaron donald you got to get rid of the football 
Uh, the Rams have some really good defensive backs, some good corners that they're going to have to contend with. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady's going to have to to trust his playmakers. He's going to have to get the ball out quick and hope that his guys can 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 make plays. And and they've got the talent to do it, both in terms of coaching and in terms of the players. They should win this game. It was just honestly scary watching what the the Rams defense was able to do to the Seahawks offense, one of the best offenses in the league uh, on on Sunday, and and that had me worried a bit. Um, obviously, you know, the Seahawks defense holding them to 23 points is pretty encouraging for the Bucks because the Seahawks defense probably couldn't stop, you know, a Madden offense absolutely, right now. But no, absolutely it, not. it's so bad. Yeah, but, bad. you know, like you said, it, it's a game that the Bucks absolutely should win, which is why Bucks fans are probably worried. I don't want to have to remind the Bucks that the Super Bowl is played at night. So figure this thing out. Figure it out. Not hey, I mean, and honestly, Bucks fans, this has probably very little to do with the players and the coaches who are actually on the teams now, but Bucks fans have a long history of having a lot of fun against the Rams on Monday night, particularly at home. They've had some of the most iconic performances and victories in this franchise's history have come against the Rams on Monday night, and they've been some of the most epic games uh, the franchise has ever seen. So I know fans are up for it. They're excited for it because of the history of this uh, this rivalry, particularly on Monday night, it's going to be a fun one either way. Oh yeah, no, this is there's no freaking excuse. So we're we're not talking next week about them not getting up for this game or not you know not being able to figure that thing out. That's that's just BS at this point. The Rams are a good team. You're at home. You're gonna have fans in the stands. So if they're ever gonna prove it, Luke, it's got to be now. So. All right, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll come back next week, and we'll see what happens. Sounds good, man. It's like Bruce Par- Bill Parcell said, if I have to motivate you to get up for the Super Bowl, you don't belong here. And I feel like that's that applies to this game. If, if you can't create your own energy to get up for this game with everything that's at stake, you probably shouldn't be out there. Hey, we appreciate you all. Check us out next week on the Bucks Wire podcast. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.